That's the cameraman's name, but you're you're back. Cold Town's back. Cold Town is back. Cold Town's back. I'm excited. This is um, this wasn't supposed to be like a commemorative episode, but why not start off like with something super positive, like okay. the fact that um, you know Austin's favorite improv theater is finally open after a, a year. One of Austin's favorite improv. There's theaters. like three, right? There's like um the Hideaway, the there, Hideout, there's Hideout, and then there's um Fallout, Fall, and then Cold Town. And Coltown and Institution still exists in our hearts. And then in, in your hearts. And then the, the Violet Crown movie theater is opening. All, it's just yeah. getting back. And that's, it's good. Yeah. Um, I'm a little sad that it took so long, but I'm glad that it's. It's okay. It's okay. I feel like this would have been a really golden, a golden era for like new independent movies to come out because while Hollywood was taking a break, you know, because of COVID and whatnot, like, you know, you could have really seen some really ballsy producers coming out and making some serious art. And I'm kind of sad that the, indie theaters didn't really showcase that you know no i think so i think we're i don't think we've seen the what's gonna come out of the pandemic yet i think people are writing i think uh productions are happening sort of like uh one place really interesting like how much can we film in one house sort of a productions i think we will see a huge amount of art flood the festivals come this fall and through the next year because it just the lifespan of a movie takes so long that I think we're just starting to like, I think productions are now just ending and getting into. Yeah. And that's because uh, even my kid's in one of those. Well, that's cool. I, let's <laughs> yeah. just hope that this stuff, like the good stuff doesn't get censored. And uh, I think that if anything, what, what you know, the, fr from an arts perspective, you need Hollywood as a monopoly. And yeah. you need um, some other venues of film production to offset that monopoly especially considering like the influence of like communist china and all this other shit that's in the movies and in hollywood and whatnot right like it would yeah. probably be a good thing to have like multiple venues where people with ha with like dissenting thoughts can actually produce yeah. art and and um hopefully that comes about as a result of this yeah i mean there are there are a lot of things happening on tiny little shoestring budgets um, what you have to realize is that a shoestring budget for a movie could still be fifty or sixty thousand dollars, and that's like scrimping. That's oh. going really thin. So I think the thing is, is getting people to finance and help well, make art possible. Yeah. Well, this podcast is also on a shoestring budget. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, when you come, when it comes to financing too, like, you know, one of the things that was concerning me is that like PayPal and some of these other um, financial platforms were like not letting certain people who had certain views use the platforms and that yeah. could definitely you know granted you might you know really be disgusted with some of those views but that could create a slippery slope in terms of what becomes allowed and what doesn't become allowed over time and and we have to be very um cognizant about not letting that happen i agree i also think that sort of it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, right? Is that you can't allow them to create monopolies where they're the only opportunity to do that. Um, if there are multiple companies that do it, then one company can decide we don't want to work with these people, and then someone else will always come along. Right, and allow but it. that and but you look at what happened with Twitter and Parler right after January six, mm -hmm. and um, them shutting Parler down because Trump joined Parler is scary. Like it, it is extremely scary, and then especially when like the Ayatollah is like on Twitter right now talking about like killing Jews and like not the uh, actual Ayatollah from the seventies, but like yeah. his son or a different Ayatollah is very powerful in Iran. It's like talking about that, and you got like some of these like 
Palestinian liberation leaders talking about how we need a new Hitler and like that shit's being tweeted and you had a CNN contributor saying something in a very similar vein and it's like that's still that guy still has a platform but it's like oh now you can't have par now parlor is not being able to you can't download or install parlor on any of these servers like that is scary they, so they, it, that's it, very scary but i think what has to happen is you have to apply those same rules to everyone with the same standards so that's where to me it's like I, I personally am a person that's like, oh, no, if I'm the owner of that platform, you're not talking about that shit on my platform, right? Sure. But I then have to apply that to all of the other people that That are on to. that platform. You have to monitor everybody. Exactly. And if you can't do that, you got to let people talk. Exactly. So um, it's either create walls for everybody or Or even if it's your platform it. and you have a free speech platform, which is kind of what Twitter and Facebook is, you just – you know, the best way to, like, silence, you know, misinformation is with factual information, right? Or the best way to silence hate is with, with love. Or the best way to silence hate is also with, like, facts to disprove why that's bullshit. And if you start censoring people, but, well, no, it's, that's the fact, right? But when you start censoring people, you just create more of that hate and you martyr these people so it strengthens it. I agree with martyring, strengthening it. Th strengthening it. The difficulty is, is that when sort of the when the first goal, like Trump's first big thing, was that he created the terms, you know, uh, alternative facts, and sort of <laughs> that that like creating a space where we don't have to believe in actual facts. So I, I literally read like working, um, I was working on a presentation yesterday and I was reading someone who refused to believe that slaves were brought here on slave ships. Was that like, Hope Jesus? <sighs> that, 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 guy was, that guy was actually Andre Rogan and I, I, I saw that. <laughs> there's a whole, but I mean like, okay, if we're going to, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole group of people who refuse to believe the Holocaust exists. Yeah, that, that is happened. a little scary. But even and with the, so but, many but sorry. Even with the with the slave with the with the slave stuff, right? Of course, there were slaves that were brought on slave ships, right? But there could be a possibility that a lot of slaves came from like South America, because South America, if you look at like the way Pangaea was formed and whatnot, like South America and Africa are literally connected to yeah. one another. So there is like there there is like a logical possibility that they were bringing in slaves from southern parts of North America. Listen, ab absolutely, anybody that they could pass off as a slave was, was getting slave. passed off yeah, as a slave. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. But I'm saying when you create a system that allows any real thing to not be real, to no longer be a fact, then we can't say facts are facts because literally there are people that are going to argue whether the sky is blue today. Yeah, th that's true. But th that also happened all through COVID. Like all throughout COVID, everyone said like, hey, this can't, you know, um, when, when any, anybody tried to talk about how this came out of a laboratory, it got debunked as a conspiracy theory. And they said scientists have pr pr proven numerous times that this is false. And every time you speak about this coming from a lab, you're spreading disinformation. And now and this week, one year later, it's like, <laughs> oh, by the way, we're actually seriously considering whether or not this came from yeah. a lab. So it's like, well, we're only so that that's the other thing is that facts are only as good as our current technology and what we know right now. Right. So yeah. I and I place this I always say that in the context of like uh, I worked as a marketer for a big a big company that made a bunch of products. Um, when they made uh, the orange color that went into cheese, they weren't thinking about, like, they did some tests and they were like, oh, everybody's fine. It's not until, and I don't know, don't anybody hold me to orange food coloring. Um, don't come after me, Kraft. Um, but, you know, now then after P 
people are exposed to it for 20 years, then we might find out that something's different about it. I don't believe, especially having worked for one of those large food companies, nobody in the lab is like, fuck everybody, we just want to make the money. They're all like, we want to make a really good product that's healthy for people's families. We just don't know what's healthy at that point. You also we don't know what the CEO, you don't know what the CEO's thinking. You don't know what like, no, the, the parent company but the thinking, CEO like, isn't, the CEO is not the person who in large multinational companies. Now in small companies, the CEO is very connected to what's happening. But in these large multinational companies, the CEO is not in the lab every okay, day. But, we, all right, but, but let, let's back this up now. Now we know <laughs> that like food coloring yeah. and, and um, chemicals and like, you know, Roundup, which is used in Monsanto, like all that yeah. shit, it causes cancer. Like, you yeah. know, the sugar in diet, in diet soda gave people tons of, dis, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and diabetes so- and all types of mental health problems. And then the, the sugar industry paid off scientists to tell, to yeah. say that sugar doesn't Because do what, we d- what we didn't know before suddenly became true and then because of money. So, but now, if you look at now, if you walk down the water aisle in Target, uh, you'll see that all of the sparkling waters, there's almost none that have added sugar. Almost none That's are good. marketed now because the end actual retailer decided, hey, we don't like this. We're not going to have this on shelves. It's not healthy. All of those people made but there's still all, all types of, of but, but, there's, but then there's still all types of chemicals from the plastics that get into the water. There's still like the fluoride. That, there's still like the fluoridation that goes in water, yeah. which has a whole bunch of negative effects on your development. But slowly and whatnot, that has right? to be accepted by the as that's accepted by the scientific community and that gets pushed over to laws and into the FDA makes choices, which if it's not ours, it gets outlawed in France or some other tiny country. All of those smaller companies and medium-sized companies and even those big companies make decisions on pulling those things out we don't, as they learn. We don't do a very good job of educating our children about um, what's in our food. And we do a really yeah. bad job of educating our kids about the financial system. Absolutely. I agree completely. I um, I have the kids that know they're not allowed uh, a lot of things and will come and, go, come and go, Mom, can I have a popsicle from so-and-so's house? It's green. And I'll go, nope. And they'll go, it has food coloring. And I'll go, yep, you can have it. Because they know mommy does not play about a whole long list of chemicals that they're not allowed to ingest. Well, that's good that they know that, right? But how yeah. many parents are giving their kids garbage? And Phew. this is in like, especially like prevalent in like these low income, like be- lack of a better word, like ghetto schools. Like I used to sub in AISD and like all, every time I was like in a title one school, especially like mm-hmm. the younger grades, I saw the shit that these kids had um, brought with them for lunch. Yeah. Right. I saw the shit that these kids had that their moms packed for breakfast. And I'm like, this is trash what you're feeding these people. Yeah. Um, and, and what it's going to do is it's going to like mess with their neurological development. It's going to mess with their um, endorphins. It's going to um, screw with their moods. It's going to make them emotionally unstable and irritable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to help promote and foster all these fucking stereotypes that you're going to see later on. Yeah. And it's literally going to be become an impediment to actually like achieving like wealth, um, success, happiness, and prosperity. And then, you know, with all this woke bullshit that they're, perpetuating it's all all it's going to do is is cause this next generation of kids to just blame somebody else for why they're feeling this way or inherently feel as though they don't possess characteristics of success because of what they look like in a lot of ways it's dangerous in a whole lot of ways it like there's so many parts of the system that are fucked yo have you heard about lockheed martin's um racial equity train racial re-education 
No, tell me about Okay, it. man, I wrote this. I actually took notes on this shit. Okay, good. Tell me about <laughs> um, it. <laughs> Hold seeing, on. Seeing as I do uh, diversity and you equity. You love this shit. Okay. Yeah. Lockheed Martin is the nation's largest weapons manufacturing company. They sent a bunch of their white male executives to re-education training. Good. To learn... Okay, the largest weapons manufacturer learning about re-educate, like yeah. racial education. What? So, like the next person, the next person who bombs, um, bombs the Middle East is going to be a woman of color. Like, you know, it's like that meme. It's like, yo, the next pair of bombs will be sent by a woman. Yeah. It's silly. <laughs> it's just so silly. And then I posted the story, like, and this is one of the clips they talked about. Okay, and this is what this is what they're saying. Hold on. Yo. Okay. Boom. It, it, this is from their um. Their class, right? Okay. Key white male culture characteristics. A survivor mentality that focuses on the future. A tendency to rugged individualism. A can-do attitude. Operating from principles and conscious. Focus on hard work, action, and task completion. Striving towards success and materialism. That, like... It what, sounds what, to me like they what, were uh, patting some backs and fluffing some feathers. Yeah, like, like what is it? Like, <laughs> only white people can do that? Like, that's the most racist shit ever. Like, all no. this... <laughs> But so it's yes, that's racist. But (laughs) when you are talking to a group that considers themselves and their lifestyle as the goal. What do you mean? But like that should be everybody's goal. Like, why would you not be able to attain that goal of having all that? That's not what I mean. I'm saying like when you're talking for white men, not you. Okay. But as a generalization, if you've always seen yourself as the norm and the goal and everyone else working toward a lifestyle of what you attain more naturally. What do you mean? Then you're sort you of like centralized. You gotta explain, you gotta explain that a little bit more though, because like, what, what, is, what, so, what are the principles that you, like, what are the principles and characteristics of being successful? That, that no, you no, 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 I'm not saying in that way. I'm saying <clears throat> like our society, media portrayals, representations, our language, our arts, in a lot of ways, because the people who are financing the people who are creating historically have been and the people who have been in the positions of power have created things in their own imagery sure sure. so if you're writing to if you're talking to them and i don't know who taught this so i can't talk smack about okay but then these same people i'm sorry if i'm interrupting you but but these same people um look at how those same people portray black people in the media Absolutely, okay, so I it's agree. like the same people that are promoting this critical race theory stuff and this white male diversity training and all this all this garbage, which it is considering these other factors, right? I don't I don't consider right, it garbage. But, but, I think you have to like I think I would love to see what else they were taught because to me that's like that's a little bit of a fluffer. I'll send you the Twitter thread. I'll Please send you the, do. the Twitter I, thread. To me that's a little bit of a fluffer um, of making them feel great. But I think from for me, I love critical race theory. I talk oh, about man. a lot of it a lot. Um, you, you I think you have to be aware that okay. But you don't need a you don't need a, 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 a to, to develop an entire educational curriculum to know that racism is bad. Like you want to talk about the, you want to talk you want to talk about something for else. People, you do for people who don't recognize that it's bad, and you do for but everybody systems. recognizes that. It's no, they bad. don't. No, they I don't. I think this today's generation nope. definitely like today's nope. younger generation. No. Nope. Not all of them. But, but so you, many people like, do, though. And the yeah, more but you, you can't think, like, Austin is not the norm. We are so abnormal. I grew up in North Georgia. Okay. I like to tell people Weren't I'm from like Atlanta. Weren't you, like, in Marjorie Taylor Greene's district or that? Probably maybe, further maybe, north. Maybe. So I was literally, I grew up 10, 10 minutes from a sundown K 
county, literally a full county that had less than 1% of black people, and you weren't safe after dark, to the point where I had white people tell me I was not safe after dark. Okay, but when was this? When did you grow up? In the 90s. Okay, but things have changed from the 90s till now. I know educators in those places. It is not, the curriculum is not very far from different. I know what curriculums look like in a lot of places based on family members. And depending on who's teaching it, you also have to recognize, Alex, if we're talking about somewhere with zero population, I've, I can't find a school for my kids to go to that has an integrated staff where literally there aren't even Spanish teachers who are Latin, Latinx. Latinx. <laughs> Latinx. <laughs> then who are brown? You can't even. <laughs> who are Hispanic? We're, who are Hispanic? We're, yeah, we're in we're in Austin, and I can't find a Spanish teacher that's brown in some of these schools. Well, that's Let because alone. the education system is garbage. You also have wrestling coaches in ASC that never wrestled. That, that, I agree. That, so like that 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 is a universal concept. That, that's universal. I agree. Like, I agree. But for me, sending my children there, I want there to be diversity on the staff okay. as well as in the classroom. And I don't trust that all of these teachers, one, have been educated in a way that they, especially when they've been educated from a place that gives white that has a white supremacist view like where like in north georgia or something like, like in all of america Alex? But you, th you think it's like white like but how is it how is this white supremacy though that, that's what i'm curious white supremacist like. by putting white people in a place where they are seen as the norm and everyone else is seen as being different from them okay then how are how is how is our society um helping to fix that what is our society doing you to increase to the amount of like okay it. but then why are we not financially investing in giving financial literacy programs in black neighborhoods why aren't we doing that but why that, are that like, isn't going to happen just because you and i talk about it but and no one's educated on it so you have to have critical race theory but how is that gonna, so that people understand what the differences are because or right you just now, start teaching financial literacy programs yes, in black you, neighborhoods or but you know you what i mean or you, in all of the neighborhoods because but you should specifically these, do it in in those yes. neighborhoods because of the um the, the like the generational yeah. wealth disparities that occurred absolutely uh, you know hundred for for hundreds of but we years also, now, right? we like, also all know the the telltale stories of wealthy white kids that don't know what in the shit to do when they inherit a job or get money and don't know what to do with it so it's like financial literacy needs to be, exist for it's, so it's many it's universal it absolutely should be universal but my issue going back to it is is you can't expect the system to change unless like nobody's going to fund financial literacy in any school and especially not schools with black and brown kids when we aren't dealing with what the differences are well, and the disparities I think that this are year and nobody's year has brought this them. racial stuff to the forefront on such an intense level that if you're not funding financial literacy programs then you could really make some strong cases about racism you could if people are willing to listen and if people refuse if we still but have I think so people are many willing people to, i think people are willing to listen i think that the problem is that no. we're, we're doing a bad job of how we're selling it you're generalizing that people are your assumption is that people are willing to listen i literally have sales calls about this all the time what do you mean sales call? Like, okay explain I, that. because i teach this through the theater i have people reach out then i talk to their ceo who's like we don't have any issues and then i ask Okay, what's the makeup look of your company? What's the diversity dimensions in your company? And they go, oh. Okay, well. Well, we have an Asian a, person. Sure, sure. Get that. <laughs> okay, but then what about the people that are applying for those jobs? What's What, what are the ratios of people applying for those jobs? It, depending on the spaces where they are or what there's a lot of reasons why you might not I have not applied for jobs for a lot of reasons I've looked at companies websites and gone wow 
Looks not looks like it's a place where I'm definitely not going to feel welcome. You see, so you don't even try. So you don't even try though, like that. I've, but that's. But Alex, I'll also tell you that I've literally never been hired for a job in Austin. Never been hired for a job in Austin, and I have applied for at least one. Same here. I haven't hired for anything. I've done this. I, I, we're in the same boat. I haven't been hired for a job in all. Like this is the only job I've, I've ever been good at in my life that I've uh, ever kept for a long period of time. Like well, we're in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, yes, but also I've applied for a lot of jobs that I've been very well qualified for, and I've I've gotten calls after I took my first name off of my resume when I went from Tarette to Tari, and then went to T <laughs> T dot Laws Phillips. Suddenly started getting calls. Ah. Uh. Well. When I removed uh, any indication that I was either a woman or that I might be a person of color. All right. What's, how do you feel about that terminology, though? A person of color? It seems like... Uh, because I live in some... Sometimes there's ambiguity. I'm a black woman, but I have... Uh, Ethiopian people think I'm Ethiopian. Dominican people right. think I'm Dominican. But you don't, but like, pr- you don't I, think that that's like similar? Not to like, you know... I'm not trying to push any buttons, but you don't think that's like similar to calling somebody like a colored person? No. Really? But it's like the same Because I phrase. think a person of color, a person, I'm a person of color when I'm saying I'm a part of non-white circles. So for me, I'm a person of color is I'm not white. So that for me includes anybody who's brown. That includes all of Asia. That includes everybody who's indigenous. That includes anybody from any derivative of Africa. That includes all the people that aren't European descent. Okay, I mean, if you're cool with it, I guess. I don't have a problem I, I with it. I just felt like it's a little bit odd to use that terminology. Like it's almost no, like think... it's almost like going back to calling somebody. No, because it's a different group of people. So if because you're talk... calling yourself because okay. No, but if if you're talking about non-white people, then you can say non-white. You can say people of color. You can say BIPOC. But that, but that, but all these words, it, it's just it's just like it's silly. It's just like you're we're all. But human. it's not you're... silly. Your choice is that it's silly because it requires you to do work. No, not really. It's just a matter of what you want to allocate your um, work towards, right? That's what I think. I think at the end of the day, I would rather spend my time doing work towards like, you know, financially investing my money or like learning about like the Bitcoin charts or like exercising or working out or like going fishing or doing whatever. Because race isn't central to your life. I'm a Jew. What are you talking about? Then then you're religious... Like, but, but I mean, I have a Star Jewish of David is, tattoo yeah. on my right shoulder. And then if you want to talk about what's happening right now with all this anti-Israel stuff. I understand like, that completely, too. That, that, but, like, I, like, I, but it's not central to your life every day, and it isn't what drives you. That is true for you as a Jewish person. I know you've told me some stories. like, But um, that the gets first to be ep- true for you. Right. Yeah. But I mean, still, I think the best way to like move past some of those stereotypes and move past a lot of that shit is for people to be provided with... like avenues to avenues and knowledge to improve themselves in life like if i I disagree because i literally have i've lived my life as a uh as a middle class kid and my husband and i have done well enough that we've landed in the top five percent of uh people who make a a bunch of money in the country so that's good but it it hasn't changed how I'm treated on the street. It hasn't changed how I've been treated by police. It hasn't changed how I'm treated I, I within mean, the health systems. How has it systems. changed? How, how are you? How it do you feel like you're treated? Sorry. How do you feel like you're being treated at Coltown in your improv circle? Being what I'm, you look like. It, that's not my issue. My issue is systemically. So my issues within the healthcare system are constant. I have issues within healthcare that I think absolutely are exacerbated by being a woman and absolutely exacerbated by being a black woman. Do you want to share if you're comfortable? Um, I have so many stories. It we'll just say would... one thing that's, you know, 
So um, the first thing that comes to mind. I have been challenged by a doctor on whether I should get tests in an ER. Um, I came in with respiratory distress. I had had pneumonia twice before. I knew that I was developing it again. And I was told, listen, you should just go to your general doctor. People abuse the ER. But why would your skin color have anything to do with somebody saying that? Like, You tell me. I've all, I have you ever been denied healthcare? Because I have multiple occasions. Did they deny it or did they just try to get you to go somewhere else? They didn't say, like, we're not serving you, did they? I've been told I was I was not being served on multiple occasions. I once was told I was not being served and I said, okay, well, then I'm not signing anything and I'm not going to pay for this. Suddenly it was okay. So I've literally had to fight to see doctors on multiple occasions, including when I was in active labor with my daughter. <laughs> well, all right, explain and that. I was in active labor with my daughter um, Friday to Sunday, didn't see a doctor on Saturday. On Sunday, had a doctor say, I don't think you're in active labor. We're going to discharge you and send you home. I said, I disagree. I'd like to see the perinatologist on, um, on call. She said, well, it's a holiday. He's not here. I said, I'm really sorry. I'm refusing to go home until I see the perinatologist. She said, I really don't think you're in active labor. I disagreed. I saw the perinatologist by noon and had my child at four by via a, a emergency c-section because he agreed i was in active labor and if i went home and continue to be in active labor either me or my child could die well i'm glad <laughs> okay that's... and i've literally had like instances like that on multiple occasions sure sure and that, i've that's... been told there's nothing wrong with me go home at least three times in the last five years in er's in austin and you don't know any white people that have no. Have, to. Have, have any of them ever shared any of their ER stories with you? Yeah, I've had, I've, I have lots of conversations about it. Okay. I was, I'm just asking because <laughs> yeah. I just want I think it's important to like yeah, know what's no. up, right? Like, absolutely. But I also, I mean, I have so many family stories. So when you look at the differences in, I mean, there are huge differences in healthcare disparities. If you look at the numbers of, you know, the maternal death rate in Texas, we have the worst one. It's ex significantly worse for black women. <laughs> my, my own personal stories line up with that. I've literally not been fed after I like asked questions <laughs> in the hospital. Like, you know, the little things of like, Oh, we're just not going to feed her dinner. <laughs> Yo, but how many of these doctors have these little BLM stickers in their car to go and virtue signal too? Like, there's probably a whole bunch of that shit that's sure. happening also, sure. which is like, because bias does live in our unconscious. But you don't think that this movement, like this, this movement's kind of getting a little bit like diluted, and it's being diluted on purpose. I'm sure it's being diluted on purpose. I don't think that that means that any of it's nullified. Sure, but I think that like. Um, Generally speaking, I think that the biggest race. I had this discussion with Tim Crowder, this ex NFL player, about this, and I feel like the biggest racists are um, a the people that you don't see, mm -hmm. and b the people that are like the the corporate CEOs, the the, the um, career politicians, the um, heads of multinational news media co corporations, because everything that seems to be that they seem to be putting out is designed to create outrage instead of create understanding and only a racist would want to do that well they're ultimately you know what, like, paying attention to bottom lines and trying to get numbers so. but you understand what i'm saying though right yeah like, i understand completely i think i think um is their goal to uh 
to hurt black people. No, no their goal the is to make money. Yeah, but the, the, the goal is also to create tension because the more yeah. people have tension with one another, the less likely what happened with Wall Street bets is to occur. The less likely people are to pay attention to Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. The less likely people are to pay attention to Ghislaine Maxwell's trial, trial yeah. which is on, you know, f- September 26th. So mark that yeah. in your calendar. So oh, if another mass shooting will. or another racial thing happens yeah. within that time frame, just know, like, you know, what's going on right like Absolutely. That, that's my attitude about it like yeah. obviously racism is bad and you can't like discount what people go through but it's like you don't want to accidentally be doing the bidding of like hedge funds and corporate ceos and these heads of multinational news corporations because like the more you talk about that you know you start talking about that constantly while this wall street bet stuff is going on or while jeff this jeffrey epstein thing is happening right like you're hampering people you're hampering like your own freedoms right like and this is for everybody yeah I agree. With you know that. what I mean? Like that—that's my take on it, right? And yeah, I just think that I think that it's easy to assume that it's not that financial literacy or freedom is going to alleviate the problems because it simply doesn't. No, no, but nothing can alleviate. But I don't think anything can alleviate any of these problems. Like these things just are a shitty fucking situation that happens. I disagree. I think there. I think there's still. There are still nurses out there who learned that black people's skin is thicker and will refuse to give me a smaller needle, though I will tell them uh, my veins collapse and uh, so I need a baby gauge needle. And they'll go, oh, no, this one will work just Yo, fine. So and I'll say that's not Yo, the one so I need. Let me ask you a question because I, I see a lot of the shit that you post on social media. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like it, it's such a bit. There's such, there's so big general concepts, right? Yeah. Why don't you share like individual stuff like that? Because that that will get more people to be like empathetic and understanding of that struggle, right? Like, well, so I think I'm speaking in a vacuum, right? So I'm what I share, other than maybe you, Alex, and maybe three or four people. I'm sort of speaking in general terms you- to the people that I know and love, two thousand people uh, on my Instagram. Um, I do share a lot of those personal stories. I talk on a lot of panels. I like. I well, I'm saying like when I see you on social media, I see your stories. I'm just like, oh damn, you, you got to share that, like, because that would be like what yeah. you're saying right now. Share that. I'll I'll share it and I'd be like, yo, this is what people are going through. Like these are I like because you got to personalize and sell these issues because the way it's being done right now with all this, the way like all this woke shit's being put out, especially with the pandemic and the lockdowns and how it all coincided. All it's all this is happening is this is just becoming a giant alt right recruitment ad. And you don't want that to be the case. Like I don't want. Yeah, but like, it, that I, that's not my job. If if somebody is, if somebody is, if somebody's headspace is that they are going to, if they're apt to fall into the alt right, they're not my audience. I, I can't you, save them. But you can like all no. I leave them for you. No, Alex. but if but I think <laughs> that if you speak to people in a certain way, like a lot of people gravitate towards these movements because there's like a lack of empathy and there's a lack of understanding. And I think that when people, un- when you, un- when you can make um, a situation relatable, you save that from happening. Like, you know that yeah. a lot of people in 1981, when Bernie Sanders got elected mayor of Burlington, Vermont, they say a large majority of the people that voted for Bernie Sanders voted for Ronald Reagan also. I, I, I'm sure. You know what I mean? So like yeah. there's, there's ways to sell this stuff and it, it's, um, I people think, are not, think, people are, people are doing a horrible job. But I think you can't make that. Message. I think you can't make that the job of black people. So like, to me, that's not my this job. It's the job of humanity. It's everybody's yeah, job. We but, should, I should do it too. Yeah. But you're Jewish. You shouldn't have to do a lot of the work either. For me, I don't do that much work. I do a pod- I talk shit in a pedicab <laughs> and I ride around the Captain America mask on, t- telling people to get in. We're fighting yeah. socialism. Like I don't do all that much. Like I do very little. But you do more than most people, which is sad. Exactly. But so for me, 
I need to talk to people who are interested in being allies and they need to talk to their cousins. They need to talk to their family. There's a lot of my friends and a lot of people that are not going home for Thanksgiving because it's going to be hard and it might be their hardest Thanksgiving. Go Why? home and do that work because they're scared of having those tough conversations with Uncle Bill or with whoever it was. Man, they're trying to cancel Thanksgiving because we're about to start talking about Jeffrey Epstein and all this exactly. all this other shit too. It's like, yeah. I, I mean, that's also a difficult conversation too to talk about like um you know bill gates hanging out with jeffrey epstein and we're taking yeah, public health advice from some nerdy who is fucking buddy buddy with a pedophile like that's also something that that's also yeah. a tough conversation that we got to talk about agreed there I think there's a lot of, of parallel i think there's a lot of parallels with that stuff right there's a lot of there's so here. many i know so i'm sorry I'm <laughs> i sorry. just got i just um, got distracted by him you know what so so you know what 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 this whole what my concern about this critical race theory stuff is what's that right because i think like what you're saying is like I'm, i can't like argue the validity of what you're going through right like i'm because that, that's just being a dick right if you're arguing yeah. like the validity of like Thanks, what Alex. another human being you is going to do through. like I, me i always liked you <laughs> no listen i i um I'm, i don't want to like argue like the validity of like what you're going through and whatnot right because that, that's that's stupid and it's counterproductive and it's not what this is about um and I like I should but, also say I'll I'll say it in a yeah. minute. Sorry. I'll remember. No, sure Critical race. No, I I also usually present because I'm a person that speaks up and says and I always also present I don't know if this is because of race but I'd love for you to explain what you do think it is I had a luxury vehicle from a dealership here in Austin I my brother-in-law used to run the dealership in Fort Worth uh, so I knew what their standards were from the company so I'd been to the Fort Worth and the Dallas locations lots of times I knew what their standards of care were how they cared for people I went here I showed up in my car Clearly, I have bought one of these cars before. And they thought it was stolen, or they were like... No, four different times I couldn't get help. I sat outside, I sat in my car, nobody comes out, nobody comes to the bay, nobody says hello. I walk in, hello, I had an appointment. Oh, sorry, we're just choosing what we're going to eat for lunch. I don't care. I've been sitting in my car for 15 minutes. They're literally supposed to come out and say hello. Or, hey, um, I ha I'm getting some work done on my car. I'd love to test drive the new one so that I can just trade it in and buy a car. It's real easy to sell me a car, P.S. Um, <laughs> real, real easy. Because I already have my mind made up, and I know that financing isn't going to be an, a big deal. I just want to drive it, see if I like it, do the paperwork. I'll come back at 2 o'clock tomorrow. I literally, on four different occasions, couldn't get help and finally just wrote an email to the general manager and I was like listen here's a picture of me you decide why I've not been able to consistently get help in your dealership because I know what your standards of care are for customers in other cities and I know that this is not how you treat customers and his response was I think that it's due to race and he pulled his entire staff in at 7 a.m. the next morning to have a conversation with them. Well, good for him. Good on him. Yeah. Good on him for recognizing it, right? Like Absolutely. That. Like, good for him for recognizing it. And the, he, as a business owner, needs to then make a stand that this will not happen in my business. But you don't need to have them take some crazy course. You just yes, have a discussion. You, no, yes, you, you, you say, hey, listen, no. don't do this shit again or you're fired. No. And that's, the, that's literally the 10-minute no. discussion. And that's... No, because <laughs> the thing is, is that... If you have a, if there's a part of you that ha takes issue with race, then there might be a part of you that takes issue with, um, with people who are trans. Well, okay. There, so if you see a trans person coming in, you're not going to want to serve them. People get uncomfortable and don't know how to act. Not everybody's you, Alex. 
Sure. Okay. Not everybody is you. And I remember being in retail and somebody going, uh, is that a man or is that a woman? It doesn't matter. Sell them lip gloss. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It you literally know? doesn't matter. But some people need to be trained because you can't. But then can't, there's also all this shit. Everybody's did you see, at like, did you see like, the new level. like Frosted Flakes ad where they're like, having like pronouns and all types of like good st- i don't know though for little kid like when i was a little kid i didn't want to i didn't understand any of that stuff like that was beyond like it's i feel like this stuff them. is being done to just create confusion in people's identity is what i think it's what i think there's here's a what i think you to do. i think you have to know is that everybody deserves to feel comfortable in their own skin for my children my children have two, an aunt and an uncle that are both gay and they have an aunt that is straight cool so but they need to know that that's normalized. But all you got to do is so say in your house, hey, me, there's nothing, whatever. They love each other and this is what it is. What's the big deal? That's it. Because I've already had my kids come home and go, so-and-so said that uh, two girls can't get married. And I'm like, yes, they can. Yes, they can by law. And yes, they can in our family. And you have two aunts. You have an Auntie Lisa. You have an Auntie Katie. And they're your aunts and they're married and they love each other and they're partners for their whole lives. Cool. And that conversation took two minutes and then now they know. But it, they know, but it still requires because it is the uh, it, because it's not the norm that they see everywhere. It still requires constant talking about for my children, who I think are smart, <laughs> I because think yeah, people people are still dismantling these things in their mind. I think people have gotten a lot more tolerant. Um, the, the, a, in this generation, a lot of people, but a lot. Of, not but I everybody. think that the more you push this, I'm, I'm worried that the the backlash from this can just make people go backwards into like the way that people thought in like the 1950s and 40s. And I feel like there's almost this agenda to do that with the way it's everything's being pushed. I disagree. I don't know. Okay, I guess we'll agree. I think this. that I think you. Did you see the CIA commercial? Yes. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's it's like listen, if the CIA is pushing this. Right. Then you know that this is like literally what you're doing the bidding of the corporate establishment by by doing this. Like the CIA is not pushing this because they care about diversity and inclusion. I think they do. <laughs> I really, think they, wait, I think what? they I think that they care about the people every that torture of, Muslims and 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 and, and dissidents in ca- Guantanamo Bay care I, about diversity and inclusion. Like they care about need, their agents. We need a BIPOC woman now doing the torturing. Is they, that what it's like? Is that, I think they care about having the people on their team feel well represented and feel empowered and to feel because ultimately if people feel comfortable in the space in which they work it saves the company money because they stay you don't have to keep hiring new people because when you have to code switch all the time yeah it's exhausting it's exhausting it's exhausting all the time and if you're constantly not sure if it's a safe space to talk about your life. But it's the CIA, Tario. It's the, it's the fucking... It, it doesn't the matter. The same people that funded the Contras matter. and helped it sell crack matter. into the black communities are matter. now talking about yes. pronouns and making... But like, when that's... was that? So they don't get to evolve as an organization? Sure, but you got to understand the skepticism when that I Absolutely. Comes out. I understand the skepticism when it comes and out, gotta... but I'm also saying, like, if they're doing... If, if somebody's taking the first step to evolution and what we're doing is then critiquing it, Oh. Sure, sure. I understand. I understand all that stuff. Um, Do we need to wait? Yeah, well, we, we got, we're wrapping up in like five minutes, right? Okay. <laughs> Maybe two minutes. All right. Okay. Chucky. Um, Charles. Come on. Charlie. All right. Well, like, <laughs> what, what, was I, what was I saying about this? All right. CIA. Um, here's my problem with this critical race theory stuff, right? Yes. And it's that just look, look at, looking at COVID and looking at the media and looking at the social media algorithms, 
one thing I learned from this year and a lot of people learned mm -hmm. is that you should not trust the media and you should not trust the tech companies as far as you can throw them. So basically, anything that these people are promoting in mass, right, and using algorithms to favorably promote and talk about is something that you should take with extreme amounts of skepticism. And I was yeah. listening to some lectures about this critical race theory stuff. And it's like, you know, and, and when you're saying, hey, America, we got to look at um, American society and how it's completely founded upon the institutions of racism. I can see a lot of teachers who are not really well, well educated, um, well versed, well rounded people. Um, there's a complete echo chamber of thought in these schools. And you can start teaching a whole bunch of kids inadvertently or maybe it's by design, who knows, not through the teacher's fault, but through people trying to promote this shit, to like start hating America. And that's dangerous considering that you have like countries like China and Russia that want to become the number one global superpower. And when you saw what was happening with COVID, like you had people in Canada, like you had cops arresting people and giving people fines for shaking hands. Like yeah, but you I do think not want that shit to happen in America. So and you got to like, I'm sorry if I'm going on a rant, but like you're on a rant. You gotta, <laughs> I know you got to do everything that's possible to like preserve like the American values okay. of freedom. And, and but, you got to be careful with how it's being taught, right? Like, part of freedom is like, you also have to be true or you're going to repeat but then what you've done. They don't done. even teach us history in Texas schools. Why don't they just start with teaching us history in the schools? Like, I was, I, I wanted to be a school teacher when I first moved here, right? And I was like subbing elementary school, and they didn't teach history until like middle school. Like, yeah. why don't they just teach actual history instead of the, and like you teach but actual history? But that's the problem that's, is that they they don't teach history in actuality. They don't teach the real what happened right now. The history that's taught is taught. Yeah, based Columbus on sailed books, the ocean blue, and it's all a bunch of bull. Yeah, not I know even that. that. Yeah, no, yeah. not even that. It's the books and history are taught based on the daughters of the Confederacy like romanticizing what happened in the civil war and romanticizing slavery in Yo, so many ways. Um, th make the kids read confessions of an economic hitman. Make them do that. Right. Like it can't have you read be, that book? It can't, no, I haven't read, read that. It's about John Pert. It's by I'll order it right after we leave here All right. from a black bookstore. But no, yeah, but okay. But I mean like, so I think critical race theory comes from the swing of the pendulum in the other direction. And there's a fear behind people learning that America wasn't always perfect. Well, I think you have to know what the truth of things are. Germans think, are still, I think there's so Germans much anti-Americanism that's being promoted right now in like in media that it's really dangerous. Yeah. But like, how long is that going to last? And are, I, th I think that they're, they're the trying to make this a thing. Are all children going to learn that there's plenty of kids that are never going to learn that. There's also plenty of school districts where, um, they, you know, everyone's within their echo chamber just because Austin's left. Maybe you go to Odessa, it's right, right? You know, like Absolutely. There's, there's, all, there's all that stuff. But I think that it's, it's something that people need to be very cognizant of. Yeah, but so my black children knowing for knowing what they know about race because I've taught them from the inception. So that's other that's the other thing you have to recognize is that like the children of people of color know the truth through the lens and the eyes of their parents. They then get to a space where the teacher's not allowed to talk about it. It doesn't come up and they feel unseen, unheard. Listen, and they're then doing the job of educating in the classroom. Okay. Having subbed in like in, in ASD and in like haze and whatnot, right? Like I've had people give me shit because I'm trying to like, um, teach a curriculum based on facts or offer an alternative viewpoint. Absolutely. Right? Like I had this one, this one lady, I was teaching sp special ed, right? And she was watching the Roger Stone stuff that was going yeah. down in 2019. And she was talking about like how this wiki, like all this WikiLeaks stuff and yeah. how they got to impeach Trump for like this WikiLeaks and all this shit. And I'm just like, well, why is that a problem when you're leaking emails to the general public that are on record? 
Exactly. And she walked out of the classroom in, in a huff, yeah. furious at me because I asked that question. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, you don't want those people teaching. Exactly. The, you don't want those people teaching kids either. And that's I agree. fucking scary. I agree. And that's the thing is that if you agree that critical race theory might not be good in the hands of a lot of teachers and people who are educators, you have to recognize that removing all of that and putting whatever else okay then you got to remove all these shitty teachers and you got to create new standards to be a teacher and until you start creating new standards like hey you've had to have had a job that doesn't involve being in school for five years before you can become a teacher do that then maybe you maybe the game plan changes hey you need to you need to have um um, diversity of thought in major city public schools so you see the democrat and the conservative perspective i agree um do that like if i were teaching right now um and I was talking about how this mask work, prolonged mask wearing is bullshit and how lockdown and it criticized lockdowns and did all that stuff. Or it even said that the BLM protests with how they were, how they were could have possibly been a super spreader event. I probably would have been fired or canceled. So, so it's like, well, then you should allow me to state those claims if I can do it with facts or have that open discussion. Or if you can do it with both sides of the coin. Exactly. But yeah. until you do that, they shouldn't be teaching this critical race. They got to make sure that you have both sides of the coin presented before you do that is my, my perspective, right? I I understand that that's your perspective. I will okay, not agree all right. with you. All right. Anyway, Tari, thank you so much. There's so much other shit I want to talk I know, about. I know. Um, but I guess you know uh, we'll Charlie's got to go. We'll come back soon. We'll do this again. I know you got your thing. You got to put me on, which yeah. never happened. I know. Anyway, I, I gotta get it going. Yeah, we got a uh, Coal Town co-owner, uh, Tari Laws Phillips, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm.